Welcome, welcome, welcome to a very special Pro Football Doc Sports Injury Central podcast. We definitely want to get this in before the regular season of football when there's so many injuries to talk about. We don't have guests anymore. So the very we're very honored to have Chris Long on here. And Chris, you're probably known for more of your stuff now outside of football than even in football, right? I mean, you're involved in so many different things and <laughs> such a personality now. And uh, we're thrilled to have you. And, and uh, you know, you and I have never personally met through other friends, Hardwick, other people. Everyone says great things. And, and, uh, but, but we've chatted on, on a podcast once before. But welcome to the show. Doc, it's really good to, to hear your voice, man. Uh, it's it's good keeping up with uh, the content you're pushing out, man. I've talked about it before. I think it's really important stuff, so appreciate you doing it. And and I got to say that uh, I was in Vegas a couple weeks ago, and I saw this green light whatever podcast studio that they have in the in the wind there, and I thought, <laughs> man, that's where you do your stuff from, but I guess you don't. You're still in Charlottesville. <laughs> No, we're in Charlottesville, but when we go in there to see our overlords, they're, uh, they got some pretty cool signage, so it makes me feel like uh, we're doing something right, and uh, those folks at Blue Wire are really uh, crushing it. So, I know. I saw them Blue Wire, and I saw the green light pot thing, and I, I literally was one of these guys. I knocked on the door. I said, like, hey, I'm not trying to be that guy, but <laughs> they kind of gave me a funny look. And <laughs> They'll let you said, in. What are you doing? Oh, you know, I was like, I don't know. I was just checking <laughs> things out, and, you know, they're, they're like, oh, what's this Yahoo, yeah. you know, knocking on the door? I was like, okay, sorry. Felt, I felt like a little fanboy just, you know. Those doors are nice. By. Oh, the frontage is beautiful. The whole thing is big, big, big time, big it's, time there. Big oh, time it's expensive. In, in the wind, in the wind, my big, gosh. Big, I mean. Yeah, big money over there, dude. Big money. Yeah. Uh, Chris, I, before we get really, really started this, I have to apologize to you and your producer. I kind of made a little bit of a mistake here. I always love having you on. And I had mistakenly yeah. thought, I know we had agreed to do a home and home, and I mistakenly thought I was on yours, so I was like, I got to get you on mine. But you were on mine last time, so I owe you two. So it's, <laughs> I just got to be honest. I, I it's messed all good. that up. It's, it's all good, dude. <laughs> dude, I, 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 like I said, I'll come on any time, so you don't even have to worry about it. But as soon as somebody snaps their leg like a toothpick, I'm calling you, dude. All right, whatever. Look, you know, I, I owe you two call, at I'm least. Call, so. I'm gonna call you and be like, "Is that broken?" Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, 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 that's why I, I I I felt bad. Like as I was doing a little homework before the podcast, I, I was like, "Oh shoot, I, I messed that up." I told your producer it was the other. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it's I, all good. It's uh, all it good. seems like we we try to pull a shenanigan there, but 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 we uh, but we really. Uh, we really didn't. No, no, not we at really all. I forgot that. about it. I forgot about it. I forgot you owe me. Now I know. I'm going to get you. Yeah, now, you, now you're screwed, man. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's jump into some of the things. Uh, what do you think about those Guardian caps? How would you feel about wearing those in, in training camp? I guess I'd probably feel fine about it. They're they're doing it. Um, are they doing it in all the pat? They're not doing it in padded periods, right? They're doing it in uh, more kind of like the, the thud and shell stuff. Um, I probably no, feel I fine about it. Pad- you know, like you're talking to a guy though, that wore the foam insert, like the, is it all pads too? Yeah. They're not doing, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I'd have to see how it feels like to really set the edge on somebody and see if my, my helmet slides to the side or not, because 
you know, part of the game is still hat in hands. They can say keep your head out of it in practice, but, um, you know, you're using your head to shock a larger offensive lineman and then get the extension you need. Like, you can play the game without your helmet involved, but uh, your helmet uh, being involved is optimal for a defensive end. So I don't know how it, it feels to have that hit and slide uh, but it certainly wouldn't bother me, I don't think. I, I haven't given it much thought. It seems like one of those things that probably feels weird for a day or two, and then you get used to. Yeah, and I'm sure for, you know, your vision's a little bit different because of the strap, and it's just different. And the only thing is hopefully players don't get used to now using your head because there's the pad, right? I mean, right. maybe yeah, 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 using yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. false sense of security. No, I, I, like, I, I, I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't. Um, I probably wouldn't uh, increase the amount of force that I'm putting on, you know, the, the front of my helmet because of it. I don't. I. I think like it's a good reminder that hey, like keep your head out when you can. I think even just like having that on your helmet uh, is a reminder to guys like you don't always have to use your helmet. There are situations that you, you undoubtedly have to use it, but. Um, you know, having that reminder, it's almost like, I I wonder how heavy it is. I don't know. Guys have complained a little bit about it, but if you can feel it, which I'm sure they can, maybe that's just a reminder, hey, you know, like save the uh, the subconcussive blows because that's really what adds up, right? Uh, You guys Mm -hmm. talk about it all the time. I think like, you know, somebody somebody just asked me if I've had a concussion. I'm like, maybe I've had a couple, but I wasn't like a big concussion guy, Uh, but I'm sure I had, you know, thousands upon thousands of subconcussive blows. Well, that's one of the worries, right? In, in training camp, there's more subconcussive blows. And, uh, yeah, and there are incidences of CTE in players that may never had a documented concussion, right? And so I yeah. think the league's trying to do the right thing. Nothing's, uh, nothing's uh, perfect. Look, you're obviously super sharp and everything. Do you, do you, in the back of your mind, worry about CTE? You know, uh, I do and I don't because I, I feel like there's a – there's probably a pretty good chance I have CT or will have CT, uh, you know, like, and you can correct me uh, if I'm wrong on any of this stuff, but, you know, we know that tau protein is building up in, in, in guys' brains after they play. Um, I, the thing that I think gets a little bit out of control is the narrative that everybody with CTE ends up in like a fiery car crash or, um, you know, their relationship goes to, you know, goes in the tank or, they uh, they exhibit erratic behavior or all. I just think there's this big conflation with uh, a lot of mental health issues that are undoubtedly going on with guys, uh, not only late in their 20s, early 30s, but then into retirement where you have to face all these existential crises, and you know you're trying to find footing in a whole new world uh, with a skill set that doesn't necessarily serve you well, and you kind of feel rudderless. I mean, like, we, we don't talk enough about all that. I'm not denying the existence of CTE, but the thing that drives me crazy a little bit is when you hear about a, you know, a, a, a tough story, uh, you know, name a player that, that went through something after football or was behaving erratically, we cut through right through the possibility that could be a whole host of mental health issues, which, you know, that's kind of what we do in society. We don't pay enough attention to it. And then we just, we, we, we stigmatize everybody as having this, this, um, this condition, which is very real, but we don't tell all the success stories of the guys after football who are leading very quiet, happy lives or successful lives. You know, you don't hear about the good news. And I think also, uh, it's like when you hear about players dying, right? Dying early. Um, it's tragic, but, 
thousands and thousands and thousands of players have played in the NFL. And, you know, for every tragic story, there's a blip on the radar screen of a guy who died at 93 and played in the 50s. You know, like, and you don't hear anything about that guy and nobody's making a big deal about it because I do think there's some pretty opportunistic people when it comes to this CTE stuff. And I think in the wrong hands, this information can be used um, kind of irresponsibly. So do I worry about it? Yeah, but I also have a dad who played 13 years in the NFL, um, you know, in a time period where he sustained way more subconcussive blows uh, with worse equipment um, and played all up and down the line. Um, and he's doing great. And he's, he's extremely sharp, level-headed, even-keeled, um, and I think for every bad story, there's five good stories. So I'm going to choose to be optimistic, and um, I'm working the neuroprotectin stock. You know what I mean on the daily, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and uh, and and hope for the best. Keep my mind sharp. You know, stay busy. Cool. Wait, your dad played in the NFL? I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, a <Just> while. <laughs> about about twenty about twenty about twenty six dog years. <laughs> he had thirteen, so he did thirteen. So that's probably twenty six like modern day football years in the NFL. Yeah, no, no, no question. Just joking. You know, I'm really glad that you said that. We haven't talked at length about it, uh, and and you echo a lot of my sentiment, uh, my sentiments, and I would love to go into it even deeper because one message that I would love to get out there to players, ex-players, yes, CT is real. Yes, CT is something to be concerned about. Uh, whether directly because of CT or otherwise, I've had five friends go south because and, yeah. and be diagnosed with CT. And they weren't all football players. There were some other sports and other things, and right. including people that were – stood up at my wedding and other things. So it's very personal to me. And, uh, and I feel like I'm a player guy. What I want you to tell everybody, and I'd be happy to get out this message with you, with your megaphone, is that CT is real. You got to deal with it, et cetera. But it's not a death sentence necessarily. Like you can have CTE and still, as you say, live a productive functional life. And on occasion, I, I talk to some players and they feel like it's just inevitable that it's going to get them. And that's a tough way to go through life. And um, that's sad. Yeah, that's lot- sad. And, it, and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy too, Doc. You know, like somebody mm-hmm. hears, you're going to be fucked up. Excuse my French, but somebody hears that. You hear it enough. I can remember when the movie Concussion came out and all that stuff was going on, Doc. And I was in my sixth year in the league or whatever it was. And I, I was going through some mental health stuff, right? because I was playing for a really bad team. It's a lot of pressure. You know, I just, I have certain mental health conditions that have always, you know, I don't want to say plagued me, but the stuff that I just deal with. And I started to conflate those issues with CTE because of the suggestion that that's where I'm going. And I think that a lot of people enter that darkness after football. It's so scary on its head. And you're like, oh, well, this is also just so you know, your whole life is mapped out, by the way, you're going to get a divorce. You're going to start losing your mind. You're going to start forgetting things. I have ADHD. I have anxiety. What if I start conflating all those things with CTE? And I'm sure that they can make CTE worse if I had CTE. And I'm not denying that I might have it one day. But I know guys that start wondering after football, am I okay? You know, a buddy will call me and be like, am I all right? Like, all this stuff's going on. And I'm like, well, what are you doing day to day? Like, are you are you staying active? Are you exercising? Are you 
Are you, are you busy? Do you have a social network? Like well, you might be depressed. Like, I, I don't know. Like, let's not jump to the conclusion that your brain's rotting. You know what I mean? So I just, I agree. I'm with you, doc. I, I tell- I, it's real. It's, it's, it's real, but, but, but I, you know, I, but I can't like you, say like it's like going to happen. You, 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 I always tell forward players, look, you have to know when it's Monday and when it's Friday, not because you're taking your kids to school. There's got to be something else that you're doing yeah. in life rather than, than sitting <laughs> exactly. around, right? I mean, and, um, you know, I, I'll take a pass on the concussion movie. I'm too close to it. Uh, there are some, suffice it to mm-hmm. say, there there's some um, inaccuracies in the way. But it's a, it's a fictional movie based on whatever it is. And, and uh, uh, I don't know if Nick's ever told it, but, like, I mean, the reason why I pause and it's so emotional is – is uh is junior officiated my wedding for my wife and I and was the best yeah. man and within the next year yeah. he passed away so I can't watch that concussion movie I just I can't do it you know but I want to advocate it's tough, and help man. players it's tough possible. and my dad's lo- my dad's lost friends too you know my dad's lost friends like you know um I've seen players kind of change after football I just get like really upset when I see you know headlines that seem a little opportunistic or people that are a little misleading, like, um, you know, the Demarius Thomas thing was tragic, right? It was tragic. Mm-hmm. Um, he was suffering from seizures, right? Um, he also had a really bad car crash after football. So I just think like some of the, these things get left out and there were some suggestive headlines that had to do with CTE, the fact that they found CTE, um, you know, in his brain, isn't that what happened? And, and, you know, there was a big jump to a conclusion that that's ultimately what he was suffering from, what was ailing him a lot. And they, and people left out details like, you know, like the car crash, you know, they, they, they referenced TBI in 2019 or whatever it was, but then they don't say what the TBI was. Um, and so I just like, and these are our peers and I don't want to say, you know, I don't, I don't want to discount the possibility, but I also don't want to just jump to conclusions because it makes me, you know, like AB's AB right now. AB just might be fucking out there. AB might have a personality disorder. I don't know, but like he might be going through something that has nothing to do with CT. But I just hate even with like an AB or something like that, everybody being like, oh, well, he hasn't been the same since Vontez Perfect. Like, I don't, like, we're just, we're all doctors on Twitter now. I don't yeah. know. No, I, You're I, a doctor. I agree with you. You're I, actually a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter, who knows? But but here's the thing. I agree with you 100% yeah. there. And and I'm going to say something at the risk of sounding controversial, but I'm not trying to at all. But there is a difference between being admitted to the hospital with COVID and from COVID. There is a difference between passing away with CT or yeah. from CTE. And, and that wasn't meant to be political at all. It's just medically... Let's sort no, out what fuck. the truth yeah, is. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with, I'm, yeah. I'm with you on that. And I just, you know, it's it's close to me. It's near and dear to my heart, not because I have an opinion, you know, that I have a pet peeve. Like, it's it compounds because, like, not only it, does it bother me, like, logically, it also, like, it pigeonholes a lot of people that I know closely. Yeah. And it also, yeah. there's a stigma that we're all crazy after football. And like, you know, we're all not there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm crazy, but I was crazy before I played football. 
I was going to say, you have to be crazy to play football. Like, I would never stick my head in and blitz an A-gap. You know, I just wouldn't do it. I mean, I'd go in and get some. It's a pretty self-selective line of work, Doc. Yeah, it's a self-selective line of work. (laughs) It's a little, No question. No question. I want to ask you one question, and and I didn't mean for this to be so serious, the podcast. I want to have some fun, too. But you have (laughs) always had, when when we talked before about relationship with trainers and doctors and so forth, now and now, as you see more and more sponsorship deals out there, uh, and and every time there's a disagreement for the doctor, there the, there's always a call in the media and the public to say doctors should be independent and not with the team and this that the other. Do you think that would work? Do you like that idea? I don't hate it. I mean, I, I think that um, it's important to have team doctors that you're that you're relatively close with. Uh, and that you have a rapport with, and I think trainers are really important. Like what I'd like to see is more of a, you know, more of a working relationship between doctors and trainers, between like the rehab, um, you know, and the structural people, like the the movement people and the structural people, so that when they say eight to twelve weeks, we have it very clear. It doesn't just mean eight to twelve weeks until the guy can be out there blitzing an A gap, but eight to twelve weeks until the 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 joint is safe to run on or even move on or the bone is healed or whatever it is and then on top of that you're always going to have people that want second opinions right um, yeah 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 so I think uh, as 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 long as doctors as long as doctors are are, are they don't kind of like uh, they're not punitive like teams aren't punitive like underhanded punitive towards players that seek second opinions I think the system we have is fine I think it's just the awareness um, among players that there is an opportunity to go get a second opinion and to access that second opinion. And like the, you know, like, and also for the doctors not to feel like they're, they're getting, you know, the players not spitting in their face. It's just like, this is the prudent thing to do. I mean, like, even if it's not even, even I'm not saying doctors are going to change the way that they talk about something because they work for a team, but there's a lot of pressure uh, among a group of people to come to a conclusion in the NFL. Like, Doctors, for the most part, do what's right, but it's it doesn't hurt to have a second opinion, in my opinion. In, in my opinion, I agree with you 100. percent What I used to tell players is sometimes I would encourage them to get a second opinion if it was at all controversial. Sometimes right. I'd say it's really really straightforward. But if you want to go get a second opinion, yeah. go ahead. Or the second opinion might be the MRI. Yeah. And quite honestly, I'd say when you should run to go get a second opinion, this goes for everyone in the world in, in real life. If the doctor says don't get a second opinion, you should run to go get one. I was always like, go ahead. I was always more worried <laughs> yeah. about yeah. who they saw, right? Like, I want him to That's see right. a bona fide That's guy right. yeah. that took care of NFL guys, not a random guy who's trying to make a name for himself and say something different. So as long as you're seeing a bona fide guy, I was always for it because, you know, and look, if they came up with something different than me, maybe I need to reconsider my position. But my thought about team doctors is I think it's really important whether you work for the team or not work for the team. And I look, we talked about it last time. More players pressured me to return them to play. Teams never really did. The ownership of GM never did, at least for my situation. It was players themselves right. pressuring right. me to get them back. But I think what's important is to have the team doctor be embedded with the team because the time to build a relationship with someone is not when an injury happens in game. The time to build a relationship is before, in the training room, breaking bread at team meals, on a flight, 
doing the physicals. And then you can have some rapport and know what guys are about. And that's where athletic trainers are really helpful because they live with you guys, right? And we as doctors come yeah. and go a little bit. Now, I probably had an unfair advantage because I was young enough where I, I mean, the first eight years I did the job as head team physician, there was at least one player on the team older than me. So I felt like I was with a, a group of friends. Right, right? yeah, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, And by the time I got to, to Nick Hardwick's of the world, I was definitely older than them. But, I mean, honestly, right or wrong, I looked at, at Nick like he was my little brother, right? And so he knew that I had his best yeah. interest. And I yeah. think that rapport is very important. But you also should always go get second opinions. I mean, there's no reason not to, uh, to if there's any worry whatsoever. Doc, my thing is, like, maybe there's an independent arbiter that we can all agree on, like, that can kind of, like, a pool of doctors, orthos, people that like, we're like, we all agree they're experts. And maybe the NFL doesn't decide who they are. Maybe players petition to have this pool of experts that are laying in wait, have no relationship, nothing to gain with the NFL. And so everybody feels like this just makes it smoother. Because I agree, if you go to like a doctor that you're like, here's what I want out of this thing. And I don't know where they draw the line on doctors, but you know, people find ways, uh, you know, I, I, I would, I would think like if there is a pool of people that we all agree, like these are legit, uh, individuals, men and women who can make this call, then we can go to this pool and the NFL has to respect that. Or at least doctors have to respect that, which you would do anyways, because of the way you think, um, and players have to respect that. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the way it's kind of gone for the concussion stuff with the quote independence and the overseeing and, and so forth. In the end, it, yeah. it just has to be with comfort level and trust. I mean, the rapport that I think you build with someone uh, before an injury is as important as what they're doing to you when they are injured. And I think that's where, you know, you develop the relationships and so forth and, and feel like you care. And, and there have been times the team has said to me, um, hey, get this guy healthy. And I won't say who, because we're going to cut him. You know what I told him? Don't ever tell me that because it might jade my opinion. Mm -hmm. I said, look, if you're the 53rd guy on the team, yes, I understand I need to get you healthy because they may replace you. But if you're the best player on the team, my job is still to get you healthy. My job is to get the 53 healthy, get the 63 yeah. with the practice squad healthy. Don't tell me when you're about to cut somebody, mm -hmm. you might inadvertently jade me to where I'm not releasing him. Or releasing, and I don't want to be in that game. Yeah, now I'm gonna be, be slow. Yeah, now I'm gonna be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I said that part. Yeah. You just gotta leave me out of. I just let me be me. I'm gonna do my best to get everyone back as soon as you can. Don't tell me that piece of information. Yeah. That's the only place that I that I sort of drew the line. Let me be a doctor and, and do it the right way. Without you, make your own decisions. And there was another time there was there was a player that the team told me. I said, look, and I'm not naming any names. He might have been milking his injury a little bit, okay? At least medically, that was my opinion. And the team came to me and said, you got to tell happens. him he's got I've a heard of it. <laughs> and, and I'm like, no, 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 that's not my job. It's your job to tell him he's got to play. It's my yeah. job to tell him what his mm -hmm. health is. It ain't mm -hmm. my job to tell him he's got to play. That ain't yeah. me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just right. the doctor here. Right. Uh, but that's the kind of, of pressure. I, I that's the kind of pressure I'm talking about, like, you know? You know, it kind of, yeah. it exists, unfortunately, like it's not prevalent, but like, you know, coaches, especially because they feel all the heat from upstairs, the upstairs might not put the heat on y'all, 
but the upstairs is putting the heat on these coaches and they're the most nervous people in the building coaches and they can't wait, you know, well, like they, they got to have their people back now there. I always see them bothering y'all in the doctor's office. Like, Hey, what's up with this guy? Hey, what's up with this guy? It's like, well, I'll tell you when he's ready. Like, I'll give you a warning, but like it, the, the answer is the same as it was pressure. yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and there's yeah. pressure, Chris, right? Because of sponsorship deals and this, that, the other, but, and I'm not singling out the Eagles, but since you're a big Eagles guy and green light and the whole thing, and you're, you're, mm-hmm. you're two rings, one with the Eagles, et cetera. After the Super Bowl, the Eagles switched their head athletic trainer, head team physician, orthopedist, and head medical person. I'm not making any judgments either way or the other, but imagine the pressure on the new guys coming yeah. in doing what, right? There's just more pressure. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying there's anything nefarious about it, oh, but yeah. there's more pressure, and the Eagles have changed a bunch. I mean, mm-hmm. if you see that and you're the new guy coming in saying, they just won a Super Bowl and they got replaced, how dispensable am I? right in terms of the infrastructure yeah and and yeah you're kind of yeah you don't have that much clout build up so that you're more disposable yeah yeah Uh, 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 absolutely so uh in my chris long world i have now felt like a complete fanboy twice one to blue wire hey is chris (laughs) there and you probably won't even remember this but i was part of media stuff for some Super Bowls, and like you and Legarrette Blount, I didn't get a ring, but I was at the Patriots after party after the twenty-eight to three, and then I actually was at the Eagles mm-hmm. after party in Minneapolis, and I was a tiny bit fanboy. I got a picture of you, although I didn't bother you from pretty up close. You were celebrating with friends. That's funny. I got a little yeah, picture that's of funny. You there, but that I didn't come fun. up and the say Eagles hello party because... was fun. Oh, it was. The Eagles funny was, that <laughs> was, good. that was a fun yeah. party, but I, yeah. I didn't bug you at least, but, but I, was, you know, I got a like within two feet picture of you. So my, my, there's my little fanboy. Oh, no, dude, okay. you're the man. You're the man. All right. I got to get you on my show. We'll get you, we'll get you on here. Cause I, we got to have this concussion conversation. Yeah. And I'd really like to have it and, and be very serious about it. I do have some thoughts about it. I've talked with Nick at length about it and maybe we can help do some good. Anyways, Chris, thank you very much. Don't want to go overtime no on question. you. We'll end part one of the pro football doc podcast. Doc, you're good, brother. Chris Long, the great Chris Long. Thank you, sir. All right. Welcome back to part two of the pro football doc sports injury central podcast. And uh, Jacob and Taylor and Justin are on board. Guys, that's our second mistake this week, and I take full blame on this one. Um, that was nice of Chris to come on. That I've chatted with him here and there, but I get so confused. Now, I can't even blame you guys, and I can't blame Justin. You guys, look, Six Score Sports Injury Central has been growing so quickly. I had a different podcast set up when Chris was on last time. I swore that we were doing a home-and-home, and, home and he was supposed to come on mine, and that last time I came on his uh, Greenlight podcast, but obviously I got that messed up. So he's kind enough to to still do it there. You guys got to keep me straight. No, you guys weren't even around when 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 I had done that or full time. If you remembered all the podcasts you've been on, I'd be I'd be more so worried. My apologies. Uh, uh, I was around. Things, That's why I take a little bit of blame for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's you tough, know, to, tough and, to keep the catalog of all the pods yeah, you've been on. I don't know. We're tracking just, that. Well, you were around, but I don't know that you were involved on the podcast side of things. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, someone someone texted me the other day. Oh, you're on the Underdog Fantasy 
podcast. I was like, oh, okay. I'm not sure what that is, but okay. <laughs> but I guess they quoted us on it or something. It's, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, they mentioned you. They had good words. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, as long as people know that I'm not, I mean, I try and remember everything I can, but my... My wife gets mad at me all the time. I told you three times what we're doing this weekend with the kids. Well, okay, maybe you need a fourth. You know, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> all right, what do we got? Uh, what do you guys want to go with here? Well, let's let's start with uh, what is good news, bad news, or just bad news in general. Uh, Zach Wilson. We can uh, we can run through that process together. <laughs> and that, we're getting hammered and that's, pretty hard on Twitter on that, that. So that's the other quote mistake this week, right? And right. Uh, we've owned it. I've owned it. Uh, you know, we went with it even though it was, we weren't, not excuse. Look, uh, took the L. We let freezing cold takes know about it. Fred Siegel, who's also been a podcast guest. Um, look, right now, it's not an ACL. He's having surgery probably as we speak and record this podcast. And there's some controversy, whether it's meniscus, meniscus trim or repair, uh, bone bruise, nothing to do for the bone bruise. It still wouldn't surprise me if it came back partial ACL. The bottom line is, learned a lot from that. Our medical process wasn't too bad. Even though, quote, I was at the Suns flag football game, even though we weren't assigned because it was preseason games and we weren't in the command center, you guys got reasonable video. But it was only one angle because preseason, they don't have as many cameras. And it still looked right. like it was an ACL-type mechanism. But in looking at it, you know, it escaped my mind and probably all of our minds that he had a PCL before. And what Robert Sala said about the loose turf afterwards is germane because loose turf, you don't tear your ACL. And the PCL laxity that he would have maybe accounts for the shift from too far posterior to normal as opposed to what I was assuming I wasn't alone, but I'll take the blame for it. I mean, the other docs weighed in from neutral to forward, which would mean ACL. The bone bruise is what makes sense if the ACL is not torn. We'll see about the meniscus. But, you know, the only thing I regret is in the game of telephone. Look, we took the L, the whole thing. In the game of telephone, as we weren't in our, you know, we have some new people, good people. They're all doing their jobs. It kind of got in the game of telephone translated as fact as opposed to video analysis. Look, we never diagnose, right? Diagnosing is, you can't diagnose from afar. Uh, and even on the diagnosis front, uh, PFT commenter showed uh, through Twitter, tag me at pro football doc. What do you think this is? The golf injury, this golf simulator. And I had to make clear that I couldn't give him a diagnosis and tell him specifically like I was treating him without a good faith exam. Here's an impression, you know, who knows, but um, we never diagnose because that would involve good faith exam and the whole deal. Legally, I can't diagnose. It's injury analysis or impression. And yeah, we, we didn't first put it out that way. We changed it. But here's the thing also, and I hope people realize we're fully accountable for all of it, but part of being accountable is we don't delete tweets. We don't delete articles. Uh, we may modify here and there, it, you know, as there's new news, but we don't pull down something. If it's a mistake, which this was, because right now it's not an ACL, we own it. 
And we probably should go back, guys, to tracking. Last time we tracked, it was 95%, 94.8% last time we tracked. But that was a couple of years ago. But now we have baseball and basketball. We have a new panel of doctors. Maybe it's fair to track everyone again and get a new percentage. Whatever it is, it is. If it's right. 87, it's 87. If it's 93, it's 93. If it's 95.6, it's 95.6. I mean, whatever it is, it's never going to be 100 Um but I think it's going to be uh, our track record on telling the truth is probably going to be as good or better than coach speak track record. And we've shown that. Yeah, so, so, so anyways, I think we're beating a dead horse. Um, we don't delete tweets. We don't hide from things. We were wrong on the Zach Wilson so far. We'll see what happens today. Uh, I don't see how that's a meniscus repair on this one. So hopefully uh, we'll get good word. But Robert Sala said something interesting, huh? Something to the effect of this was a terrible time for him to be injured. One might argue right. terrible would be during week one, more terrible maybe. But what he's referring to is what we talked about. Here's a young guy losing all of these valuable training camp practice reps. The reason why... Robert Sala said it was terrible is what we talked about, which is, first of all, there's no good time, right? But week one would be worse. But he's losing all of the practice reps in training camp, practice reps as the one with new people, installing new systems, et cetera. Very valuable. I don't believe, no matter what the news is, and this is pre-news of what his surgery is today, I think it's going to be a tight timeline. I think he's going to miss week one, at least Maybe more. We'll see. But let's say he misses just week one. As he gets ready for week two, can you, during week one, whether he's ready or not, or as you get ready for week two, can you give him all the practice reps? First of all, there aren't as many reps to be had once the regular season is here because you play Sunday, Monday's more of a walkthrough, a correction practice, Tuesday's an off day, Wednesday's offense installed, Tuesday, Thursday's defense installed. Friday's special teams and situational. Saturday's basically a walkthrough. There aren't a lot of reps. And do you give them to Zach Wilson to get him ready for when he's ready? Or do you give them to Joe Flacco or Mike White or what have you? There are not a lot of reps for this young guy. That's probably the biggest downstream. I hope his knee is fine, but that's what's going to hurt here. He's not going to have the normal reps coming into the season. And, uh, even if he gets all the reps for week two or three, whenever he's coming back, it's still not a lot of reps, you know, and that's if they're sure his knee is okay. So that's going to be something to watch there uh, for the Jets. Well, let's stick with quarterbacks. You talk about lack of reps in the preseason. Jimmy G is, has that exact issue. And, and what's, what's the drop dead deadline for him to join a team and actually be able to start for them? Um, you could argue it's already passed. But it depends. Right. It depends. Is it a system that he knows? Like, is it nomenclature that he knows? Right? I mean, different play calling systems. I mean, some of them are, are totally different. I mean, look, English and Spanish have a lot of overlap in words, but they're completely different, right? Even different languages and different dialects are different, right? And it's about what the language is and what you're comfortable with and getting used to the team. Depends on where he goes, right? 
uh, assuming his shoulder is ready to go, which it should be. Um, but it's interesting, he's not doing anything in practice, not doing the combined practice, he's not doing anything. But here's the one thing that I would point out. When Zach Wilson went down and everyone thought maybe it was serious or season-ending, guilty. <laughs> um, everyone's saying, Robert Sala, he came from San Francisco. He knows Jimmy G. Here you go, here's the fit. I don't know. Same offensive coordinator as well. Same offensive coordinator, right? So lingo there would mm-hmm. be good. That's a positive. But right. here's the thing. If you believe our friend Mike Silver's report, now writing for the San Francisco Chronicle, Mike Silver said Jimmy G, after he signed his big contract, ghosted the team for a couple of weeks. And in each offseason would ghost the team for several weeks at a time. Look, and then, of course, when Trey Lance was drafted, he was around in there. So no one's hating on Jimmy G for that, but maybe Salah, just because you've worked with someone and know somebody, doesn't mean that you love them or don't love them, right? I mean, we don't know. Does anyone know how Salah feels about him? I I, I don't know. Uh, Obviously, he was on the other side of the ball. He would see him. Uh, Sometimes... Being very familiar with a person isn't always the the meaning that you love them. Look, Sean McVay was super familiar with Jared Goff, yet he traded him. Less familiar with Matthew Stafford, but he acquired him. So uh, there's a lot that goes into it. It's just not that simple. Um, and, yes, uh, it's hard to get acclimated. One of the reasons, now we're going to San Francisco, uh, I think you'd be surprised on Trey Lance. Mike Shanahan's pretty sharp. I think one of the reasons they're moving on from Jimmy G is they're designing a Trey Lance system that only Trey can run. And and it's very hard to teach your entire offense two systems. So they're saying this is the Trey Lance system. We don't think Jimmy G can run this system anyways, and it's counterproductive to run two systems. Remember Josh McDaniel's first try at head coach? Denver Broncos. He had some success. If I'm remembering correctly, he was coaching Tim Tebow. And they scrapped their current system to go with a Tebow-only system that got him to the playoffs and got him a playoff win. But Denver in the future wasn't willing to run that only system and other teams weren't willing to uproot their offense to run that Tim Tebow-only system. And he never really caught on anywhere else, et cetera. So we'll see what the 49ers have in store with Trey Lance. But it's not necessarily hating Jimmy G, just saying it's not the good fit. Yeah, we'll have more on, uh, on Jimmy G on SixScore.com, especially tracking his health and all the behind-the-scenes stuff. It'll be interesting to follow um, as that plays out. Let's talk about uh, Jimmy G's mentor, former mentor, I guess, uh, Tom Brady, I know it's not health injury related. He's taken personal time away that has a very specific end date, which uh, we found a little odd. But um, what, what do you make of him leaving? And, you know, I, I know he's working with the new center. Is that, is that a question mark? Well, that's interesting. Um, there is some health relation to it, right? Mental health, fatigue. Um, I don't know why Tom's taking time away. I hope it's not that his mom's ill again or anything with his family. I hope it's 
I mean, there are a lot of personal time, personal reasons that don't involve anything horrible. Hopefully it's not anything horrible. Yes, it seems almost scheduled and finite at 10 days. Look, maybe Tom felt it important to be there at the beginning of training camp and to keep his health. He is 45. I need a little break. And maybe this gives the backups a chance to work, not in his shadow. It may not be the worst thing in the world. Maybe it's pseudo-scheduled personal time as in personal mental health or fatigue. Look, remember, I wrote an article years ago before Sports Injury Central saying, maybe Tom Brady's found the fountain of youth. Remember his four-game suspension for uh, uh, the Flategate? They won the Super Bowl that year. And uh, that was... Jimmy G's breakout, right? That was, it's all tied together. Mm-hmm. And they did fine. Right. He was fresh at the end of the season. Maybe he's just trying to stay fresh. Now, I get the center issue. Jensen is out. But you got to remember, he worked with the backup for a little bit already before he took this break. And how much time do you really need with your center? And your center needs more time with your offensive line and the line calls. Look, right. I don't know if the Can new guys quote. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if the new guys wearing a diaper or not. The whole sweat issue. I look, he's already worked with them, so I don't think that's that big of a deal. I remember one time. It's publicly available information, so I guess I can tell the story. I was in Denver, and uh, I got booed by all Broncos fans. Our center Nick Hardwick came over to the sideline. And he had an arm, whatever issue. And Nick's is a friend of the show, been on it before uh, the podcast. Tough as they come, he's going to get off the field under his own power. He's getting off the field under his own power. He's our center, Pro Bowl center. And Philip is telling him, go down, go down. Not illegal. If he goes down in the field of play, it's more of a timeout. Phil wanted to get some snaps from the backup in game. So I wanted to make sure if Nick was okay. So I walked out onto the field and started checking him. He's coming out of the game anyways. There's no charge timeout to us. And I started examining his neck, which is proper protocol, because if there's something in his hand or arm, how do we not know it's from his neck? So I started checking his neck. The referee saw Philip taking snaps with the backup center and came over to, to get him off the field and quick. And he saw that I was evaluating his neck and then let me go for 30 seconds, a minute. And we cleared his neck within 30 seconds or a minute. Philip got three or four snaps. He's fine. So, and there were no fumbles that game. So yeah, you want to get used to your center, but I don't think that's going to be a big issue. They're not going to be center quarterback exchange foibles with Tom Brady. Do you find it odd the team hasn't said anything on Jensen, released more about his info? They're saying swelling. Oh, we're, we're still waiting for the swelling to go down. Yeah. Odd. Not odd. Different. Look, if anyone believes the team doesn't know what he has, I got a bridge to sell you. The team knows. The doctors know. Now, do they know the exact timeline of recovery? Maybe not waiting on swelling. But you can get an MRI of swelling. You can do a physical exam. They know. They may not know the exact trajectory when he might come back. But they don't want to tell you. And they don't have to tell you. There's no mandatory injury reporting this time of year. 
but they know. It's silly to say that they don't know. They know, or they have a pretty good idea. They don't want to tell, and that's okay. That's their prerogative. I want to get your take on one more quarterback. I know it's uh, it's preseason, so there's there's a little gap of stuff. Um, there's still injuries, you know, soft tissue stuff approaching week one. But I think all eyes are on uh, Joe Burrow and how he he prepares for week one as after his uh, appendectomy. Yeah, the appendectomy. Something went on where he needed antibiotics afterwards. That's maybe they were just being extra safe with that pick line IV in his arm. He's quote back at practice seven on seven is not full go. Did he lose some weight? Does he need some conditioning? He'll be there week one. All right, he'll be there week one. But it's his course after appendectomy was a little bit harder than most, but he'll still be there week one. But the other good news you haven't asked me about yet is I saw was it yesterday or this morning. Matthew Stafford, full practice, 11 on 11s, the whole deal with his whole elbow issue, et cetera. Yeah, it's definitely good to see. We're teased some info on Michael Thomas, too. We got a, an updated article coming on him at sixscore.com. You're seeing something something new in the video oh, from him. Yeah. I know he hasn't played in preseason or anything like that. Well, yeah, he probably isn't going to, right? But that's a lot of teams do that. But you got to understand, Michael Thomas's six score 59 was issued in May. It was issued based on what his progress was in May when he was still limping after his foot ankle surgeries. Didn't think he was right. He has since made some good progress. I've seen a host of videos now where he's much improved. In May, before he passed the physical, didn't play in mini camp, didn't didn't practice, went on PUP to start the season, didn't practice. We thought there was a chance he would miss a few games at the start of the season based on trajectory of healing from the 2020 injury, right? 2020, three surgeries, missed all of 2021. We were worried he'd miss some games at the start of this year. His recovery has accelerated. I don't think he's going to miss games. Do I think he's 100%? Not yet. So his 59 was based on missing some games for a season fantasy draft. Look, do I think he's going to get 1,700 yards like he did in 2019? No. He's, what, in the high 70s now? I mean, so we have changed his six score. The six scores do change. Uh, so go to your fantasy, the fantasy toolkit that you put together, Jacob. It's on the landing page at sixscore.com. And they do change. They, we do modify them. It's a living document. And ahead of week one, we'll have a week one score. The scores right now are more for fantasy drafting, what to expect out of a season. Week one, for example, Michael Gallup might be a zero week one, not ready to play. So that's why he has a lower six score now. But that six score now is not what his week one score is. It's a season projected six score for fantasy purposes. And ahead of week one, we will have the individual scores. There's a lot of new things happening at Sports Injury Central. There will be, look, we started with college football. We have a six-score tab that's coming that will show a running back's health one against another against the defense front seven that they're playing. So we got a lot of different things in six scores and other things coming up, a lot of exciting uh, news, et cetera. Uh, change is coming. Another one just got launched, right? Uh, we're featured now on FanDuel. Yeah, we're on the, the duel. Fa- yeah, the, the, we've been the FanDuel official injury expert for two years now, but now we are featured on the landing page bar, the only outside source on uh, for the duel. 
FanDuel's uh, content component. So we're we're proud of that. We're going to continue to uh, grow with what's going on. Let's jump to Beast of the Week. I know uh, Tatis is big in the news. We'll have more on Tatis. We're doing some some forensic work on the the class of ball and steroid and, and fact-checking is excuse, but I know we, we posted that now is a great time for him to have the shoulder surgery. He's going to be out for a long time. But let's get 30 seconds a minute on Tatis, let's, let's, then we'll jump to Beast of the Week. Yeah, Tatis, look, we wrote the article, Clostabol is not used in the U.S. for ringworm. Clostabol is a substance that's an anabolic steroid that Olympic athletes and others have been popped for. The only thing that I found interesting is dad doubled down. We often say, if you're going to give a dog your homework excuse, show me the dog. Show me the teeth marks on the homework or the ripped up pieces of paper. To some extent, dad is. Uh, I get his comments didn't go over well, but the medication, tropofol spray that he says his son used for the fungus. And by the way, ringworm is not a worm. It's a fungus. The spray that he used was tropofol. And I've never heard of it. It's not a medication you know, uh, sold in the U.S. But if you look at the active ingredients from our friend Google, it's clostabol and neomycin, an antibiotic. So clostabol is in it. It's on the label. And we're doing some research on what it is. Uh, we've got some our reaching out to our medical friends in the Dominican. And I will tell you this. Look, in the Dominican, kind of like in Mexico, if you've been to Mexico, if you need medicine, you don't go to the doctor, you go to the pharmacia. And the pharmacist gives it to you over the counter. You don't need a prescription. I know that tropofol, that medication, is readily available over the counter in the Dominican. Now, when did Tatis test positive? We'll get there and we'll work through what the treatments are. But, uh, you know, the, look, are we to the point of this is believable, plausible that this was an accident? Don't know yet. But in theory, it is readily available and it does have clostable. And look, it's you're responsible for what you put in your body. That's why he accepted the suspension. Even if that's what it was and it was accidental, he still is suspended. Your only way to get out of it is Ryan Braun, chain of custody, or the B test sample wasn't positive or something logistically went wrong. All right. So uh, anything else you want to talk about? Are we moving on to Beast of the Week there? I mean, I think the Beast of the Week is Chris Long just for uh, coming on and talking Talking real like that with you, Doc. That was that was fun to listen to. <laughs> uh, I hope uh, he's but not yeah. Mad. Let's move on to Beast of the Week. I, I hope he's not mad at me there because uh, that was an honest mistake. I was like, we're supposed to do a home and home. I thought I did his. I, I don't know. You guys got to keep me straight. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> we, yeah, we try. We try. From this moment on, we got you. <laughs> Starting now, not not did, dwelling on anything in the past. Did, did you Did you hear uh, that out of Taylor? We tried. You know that that seemed like a little <laughs> a little subliminal yeah. message in there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think, uh, Taylor, do you want to start off with your nomination? Um, yes, uh, this is a little, uh, little League. Was, uh, they're hitting, starting getting ready for the World Series. And uh, there was a kid that looks taller than I am, uh, came up to the plate with not batting gloves. He came up with a rancher gloves, you know, like working on the farm gloves. And first pitch, crushed a home run. I've never hit a home run, so I'm already wild already. So. But he was a, he's a massive kid. It was a massive home run. But I think those are the only gloves that would fit him. 
at this, you know. So now, I don't now, think I saw do, the do we know? But. Do you know where he's from? Is he a ranch hand from somewhere? Yeah, he plays on Wyoming. Wyoming. Oh well, Wyoming uh, against Utah is the clip. So yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's, it's authentic <laughs> then. Wyoming, like he's yes, he's exactly. on a ranch, yes, the ranch yeah. hand. That's it. Now, yes. The question is, do you think he used the ranch gloves because nothing else fit? Do you think he used the ranch gloves because they're the most comfortable and they they fit in there? Do you think he used them because he didn't have access to regular batting gloves or they didn't fit him or something? Or 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 is that just his thing? You know that uh, is this right. like you know uh, uh, you know his signature that he wears ranch gloves? Does anybody know? I think uh, I I just want to see more of it in in baseball. Just use different kind of gloves, and also I think maybe he's setting himself up for an nil deal once he gets to you know college <laughs> level. He can have ranching gloves that that he sells specifically. So that's perfect. It's a third eye well, right there. I, yeah, I, he, he's he, he's a he's a beast for hitting the home run, and yeah, he's bigger. But isn't that always the way it is though? I mean, I remember when I was little growing up, which is a long time ago, when the uh, the uh, uh, it seemed like the U.S. didn't fair as well it was always the team from japan or taiwan and the pitcher would be 63 and 190 pounds and he'd throw a shutout and hit the game-winning home run right <laughs> I mean, it, it's always the kids that mature the quickest yeah that's, i mean <laughs> which is which is why i'm actually a little bit surprised that we haven't seen more females because maturity level and growth spurt, that, you know, this little league aged, uh, we've had some. Uh, I'm a little surprised that we haven't seen more. It has been a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, just some maturation rates and, and, and what have you. But, no, that's a good one. But uh, what else you got? Uh, my base of the week is also baseball related. The Pirates uh, outfielder <laughs> Rodolfo Castro sliding, in, sliding to third. Phone flies out of his pocket. But. Doc, you we didn't talk about this before. You alerted me to the real beast of the week, which is yeah, so, look, look, not one okay, of anything for, to do with it. <laughs> first of all, it, you're a beast if you can go up to plate with the, the cell phone on, okay? And obviously, he had it in his back pocket and dug out, forgot to put it down, yeah. whatever the thing is. I mean, look, uh, <laughs> it, it happens with me and my kids, and they're little. They only have phones. But, you know, you go to any restaurant nowadays, half the people are like, you know <laughs> – uh, kind of stuff, right? So it's a beast I'm sure it's that never he happened that, to any other baseball player where that he got hit with it, that he got a hit with it, and then he was sliding into third. It came out of his pocket. But the beast, I think, is the third base coach. He just looks at you know, look. If it was a batting glove or a shin guard, he would have taken it, right? He looks at the look at the cell phone. You got to look at him, and he just like pretends he sees nothing. He's like, nope, you're on your own. <laughs> so I think he's he's he the held beast it out there. to hand it to him, and there's a two Mississippi. At least we're old enough to never experience that, right? I know we're, we're definitely younger than Doc, but we were definitely – I had a razor at 16. So when I was playing yeah. sports, I wasn't thinking about no phone. Maybe my well, game boy, but yeah. Let, <laughs> let, let, let me tell you, uh, I've done what the coaches – that third base coach did one time. I had fellows with me, and you know it was a home game, and we have a team of doctors, and at halftime you have a lot of IVs. And there's some guys that always want their IVs. And I would start most of them, but then they would finish them with the pressure bags and so forth. So I still remember the second half of a game, and I'm, I got out on the field. They were The other docs were cleaning up stuff or whatever, about to kick off. And we were kicking off, so we were on defense first. But an offensive lineman 
came out attached to an IV still. And my assistant doc is holding the IV bag <laughs> as he's walking out. I took, what, I took, look, first of all, finish the bag. Second of all, if you don't, an extra 100 cc's isn't going to matter. Let's get on with this. Okay. And and right. he was on the bench with it. I just took look, one look at him and, and the two of them, and I just... I just walked away. I said, you're on your own. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get caught on TV with this. I'm not going to get yelled at for this. Good luck. You're on your own. I know nothing. And that's kind of what the third base coach was. So I'll give it to third base coach that he's, he's the guy, but I have my runner up here. I think it's pretty good. My boy, Melvin Gordon, formerly of the chargers now with the Broncos. I'm sure Justin can show this. Apparently he had a foot contusion. And uh, he's doing some rehab on the side. I don't think it's even individual. And he's got a cell phone in his sock. And apparently a reporter said, oh, look at the pad on his foot. And he quote tweets and says, that's my cell phone. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. It's, that's a good runner up to sir, me. Sir, that's my cell phone, yeah, sir. Yeah, he said, sir, that's, a, that's my <laughs> cell phone, sir. I mean, just like that wasn't a lottery ticket, <laughs> yeah, right? It wasn't a lottery ticket for right. uh, Pete Alonzo. Yeah, with Buck Pete Alonzo. It was field charts of where to play. Yep. <laughs> so uh, lots of so, yeah, exactly. so photos and videos do lie. It's not just Zach Wilson's play. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'll give it to the third base coach sure. there. The cell yeah. phone was was pretty good. Really, thanks for joining us this week. Pro Football Doc Podcast. Chris Long, thanks again. I owe you two, I guess. Uh, good guy. Uh, and uh, we got a bang up wrap up to the season for the podcast next week we're scheduled to have uh, kickoff college football season and a guy who's huge in college football especially the sec clay travis will be our podcast guest next week and then we're going to kick off day, nfl yeah. nfl season right before labor day with jim rome as the podcast guest and then on labor day what we're going to do is really go through all the new releases and field views and whatever. And we won't have any uh, more guests during the regular season. Too much content. It'll just You guys will be stuck with the three of us here uh, as we're uh, on, on <laughs> this year. That sounds fun, yeah. But, on, but uh, so Clay Travis kick off college football, Jim Rome to kick off NFL season, an explainer of all the new features as part of the podcast on Labor Day heading into week one. And uh, away we go. So thanks for watching and listening, and we'll keep you up to date. Always go to Sports Injury Central. Oh, quick S-I-C news, real quick: they suspended the outfielder for they suspended the outfielder for having his phone in his pocket. Oh, they did. <laughs> That's a late edition of the Beast of the Week. Well, yeah, sorry, well, guys. Sorry, and, guys. And, and, <laughs> they mean to interrupt you, Doc. <laughs> and maybe the third base coach avoided suspension. He didn't touch it. <laughs> I'm joking. There but you go. Hands off. He, he, he wouldn't have been suspended, but he was like, uh, 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 uh I don't even, he didn't even shake his He's head. He no just, chances. Yep. He just pretended not to see it. He just rolled his eyes and pretended yep. not to see it. He looked it. away. I, <laughs> I see nothing. Uh, all right, guys, we'll chat with you this week and next week for the podcast again. Thanks for listening and watching. Thanks.